you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hi, everybody. This is Melissa. And this is Dane. We're glad to be back with you. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the heart of or the thick of or the spin of our busy season. As most farmers are, it's just a tremendously busy time with animals. And then with our business, this is when I do the bulk of my training is during these nice weather months. And it's been so nice and cool here in Denver while the rest of the country is really having a big heat wave. So we're grateful. Right. Very right. grateful. Yeah. It's good to see a lot of uh, new faces. It's good to see a lot of old faces. <laughs> You're the old face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we good to see a lot of friends. Yeah, a lot of people coming by and and staying for the training. So our what I call the core training that students do five core trainings on site with me and three online over the two years that they're in training. And we just brought a brand new freshman class in, 14 new students in. And gosh, I had some of them. I had one gal, Danielle, who you met. We really like her a lot. She came to orientation on Monday night, first class on Tuesday night, came here to Denver to go to court on Wednesday and then came to the barbecue of the whole group the following Saturday. So she's really yeah. in the mix, Met right? Her and her nice husband. Yeah, Mike. yeah, 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 they're really in the mix. So I don't think you and I could have even imagined when we started this program what we were creating for our personal lives in terms of friends and acquaintances and, yeah, uh, yeah yeah people to be with so many it's, yeah just lovely lovely people just amazing really really kind of looking at it we're going into our 15th year and when I look at how many wonderful people you know that we've met through there and, and each other how much they love each other and become such good friends and they're from all over the world and all over the United States and Canada and and they really get to know each other so, so well. Yeah. It's really fun. So being on the farm, finally, with the weather allowing for the hay cutters to cut their hay, we got, uh, what, orchard hay. And how many bundles did we get? I think we got 24. 24 bundles that yeah. have, have a ton each, ton of yeah, hay each. 21 yeah. small bales in each bundle. Yeah, it's a lot. And we have, are they called Codex? The, the one Connex. we Connex. I always say Codex. I don't know why. But the Connex that we store quite a few bales of hay in that for the year because it keeps it really fresh and the weather can't get to it. And so we keep almost half of that in there and then the rest in the barn in the arena. And it's stacked really well in there this year. Oh, yeah. I, I actually yeah. well, ended up liking where you put it. But then again, we didn't put that much in there. So Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I was happy. I, I was happy because I was expecting a wall of hay when I heard where you were going to put it and stuff. And I thought, no, don't put a great big giant amount in. It, yeah, it's, it, it's been so daggone wet, you know, yeah. so we really haven't needed the hay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been beautiful yeah. hay. Yes, and every year hay prices go up and I know everybody listening to this who has horses know that it goes up. Ours went from we spent 4900 in hay alone. We feed Purina adult 100 pellets as a year-round nutrition feed and then hay and then our pastures have been really plentiful. So last year we spent about 5000 in hay and this year it's 8. 
So it just went up a great deal. It's okay. You know, we, we know that they do well on it. They're all healthy and things have been really good with it. So we're glad to get it in. We use a company here in Denver called Mile High Hay. And I would tell anybody to go to Mile High Hay. They really do a nice job of delivery, stack, really nice hay. They're just a quality company to deal with. So oh, yeah. You're in had, the... Yeah, we had the same driver come yep, in. And yep. I remembered how good he was on his... Uh, skid steer yeah, you know yeah. loading hay in and that's the, an the guy, art yeah, form just- like total miracle on that thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He, you could tell that's what he does every day, all day, because he takes these giant loads and then tries to get them into this Connex, and he can do it. It's just amazing to watch him yeah. watch him do that. So we're happy. We've got our hay in for the year. It's very late for us to get it in because of all the rain. So, But we're very happy, and their pastures are thick, thick, thick. The horses look great and are happy themselves out there on that belly high grass for sure. So, you know, I've been grading a lot of exams. The students are taking their midterms and their final exams. And our midterm exam that they take is a marker. It kind of tells them halfway through the program what's sticking, what isn't, what are they learning, you know, all of that. Um, The final is tough. And the final, if they take it all at one time, is about 10 to 12 hours to take it. Uh, most of them divide it in half and they take half at one core training and the second half at their last core training. But I will say they've done such a great job. And I tell them, please answer the questions to the same level that you feel I put into this program. And they really do. I mean, they put these just incredibly well thought out, well-written answers to our questions. And at the end of it all, they all tell me the same thing. They feel so empowered because they learn so much in the two to two and a half years that they're with us. And their mind is blown how much they've learned and how much they've assimilated and integrated it to go out and do the work. So it really is a great feeling when they're done. So they've done so good on these exams without Tessa giving them the answers like she used to. Our little shih tzu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd sit on whoever was taking the test. She'd sit on their lap. And I'd say, Tessa, you're not giving them the answers, are you? But she was moral support for for these exams, I think. She was really moral support. Had just the nicest group in this core that we just finished today. And I had one woman there. She's brand new to the program. She had been in another program, a program out of the Northeast, and really felt ripped off financially by this person and and in every way. There was just no substance to the program. And she took a shot and came into ours. And she said to me, in the first week, I've already learned more, seen more, known more, She said, this is the real deal. And just all the way around, just how fraudulent the other one was compared to how much she gets out of ours, which feels really good because we've put a ton of work into this program. Well, she has to know that you're the real deal. I am the real deal. I know. I know. It's good. But you know, we, if you're going to do something, I think you have to do it right. And over the 15 years, I have two different business models. You know this, Dane, but two different business models that I do. One is to make sure that I always under-promise and over-deliver. I'd much rather not use a lot of fancy adjectives and oversell something. I'd rather have them come in 
and know they're expecting at one level. And then we go way above that in what we give. And so that's kind of a mantra of mine, I think, to under promise and over deliver. I mean, especially after, uh, you know, after they graduate, you know, there, there's postgraduate stuff. And- yeah. 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 They're in the community and yeah. we support our, all of our, all of our practitioners a lot and, and are happy to do that. And this podcast even is one of the ways we support because getting the word out about how effective this work is, how people come in here that have anything from a divorce in their background that they're bitter from to molestation when they were a child by their grandfather to a veteran coming out of Iraq, whatever it is that they're carrying, whether for them it seems big or small, that unfinished business, all of our graduates are trauma-informed trained. They're all very, very good at the job. And they're everywhere. So, you know, if somebody listening to this thinks, boy, I'd like to get rid of this memory or this nightmare or this that I have a reaction to in my life, you can go to our touchedbyahorse.com website and there's a button that says find a practitioner and you can look either by geographic location, just move the mouse over the map and you'll see all the different grads that are there. We also have a lot of graduates, some that even aren't on the site because they just haven't gotten around to get on there, but that we believe in and you can get a hold of our office, tell us what you're looking for. We ask you what's your nearest airport that you live by because it lets us know where you live. And then we matchmake the right graduate for your needs. And so we've got quite a few in the interviews on these podcasts that you can go in and listen to. But with close to 300 graduates worldwide, most likely we have one either specializing in what you're needing and what you're looking for or specializing because they are geographically close to you. So really a, a great bunch of people. And plus they're very capable because they've passed the exam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They passed my monster exam. So <laughs> they know that stuff. But they each have their own way of doing it, you know, and, and their own way of, of showing up to, to help people and to, to really make it interesting and good and effective for people for sure. So we're very grateful, you so, know, so to I everybody hear, on uh, here. Halo is starting to come around. Halo is. Halo was my impulse buy. If you follow our podcast, you remember I bought a horse in April. We were on our way to California. A couple of my graduates said, oh, you should see this horse. He looks great. And he was kind of an impulse buy. I just intuitively knew that probably he belonged in our barn and went ahead and bought him without riding him or anything, which is a risky bet. Got him home and he definitely was not as well broke or well trained as what they represented him as, which is okay. Scott, who trains for me, is on the case, as they say. But I said to Halo the first week, I said, well, since you're kind of a disappointment in the under saddle category right now, you're not going to stay on this pretty farm unless you step up into the healing realm. So if you step into that, you got a good shot of staying here. You don't step into it. It's okay, but we'll probably move you on to somebody else. Well, he likes horse heaven. Who knew? And he has stepped up 
every single core training all summer long. I have given him a shot at two or three, what we call gestalt pieces of work. He's been amazing, really learning a lot. And this time he would have cracked you up, Dana. It was so funny. So our, he's a gypsy vanner. He's nine years old, very cute and very polite. He's a very polite horse. And so some of the gypsies balance energy by putting their body very close to the client's body. And my big mare, Rihanna, and she does this probably the best of the bunch. And she's actually attuning and people feel it in their physical body. It's like a very powerful feeling. She moves all around the client. So she might stand with her shoulder at their back. Then she slowly backs up, comes forward, her shoulders at their stomach. Then she backs up, her shoulders at their side, and she moves around in all these different ways and they all have meaning and, you know, it's what I teach. Well, Halo was standing with someone in the middle of the round pen. He had never done this chakra work before, but he could feel this person. So he was standing with kind of his head close to them, kind of a 90 degree angle. And I speak to my horses all the time and they do understand me very well. So I said, Halo, you have to learn to walk all around the client, not just stand in one spot, dude. Just kind of joking with him. He looked at me and then he made a complete circle. He walked forward, (laughs) didn't do what the other horse does. He just walked forward, went around her back, came back and just parked himself right back where he started and looked at me. (laughs) And we all laughed and said, that's very cute, Halo. You're a good boy. But about an hour later, we had somebody who was working on learning some things about her own life. And one of which is she does a lot of perfectionist behavior for herself. She runs herself pretty hard, like a type A reality. And so we built in the round pen, we built a box with my flower boxes or these little flower boxes. We built a box and the student who was coaching her said, now step inside the box and what's it feel like? That's your life. That's you, your husband, your kids, your business, your horses, all your responsibilities tight in this box. She said, well, all my life I thought, having the boundaries in the box felt like everything was under control, but I'm starting to break. It's a lot. I'm holding it all together. So as the piece went on, the grad said, well, try stepping outside the box. So she steps outside the box. How does that feel? She said, I feel like I can breathe. I need to figure this out, like how I can maintain all the things I'm doing in my life, but not have to do them to a perfectionistic level because that's what keeps me in the box. Halo walked right over, took his foreleg and took one of the flower box sides and just opened it up. And she went, oh, well, that's a good idea. I could have the structure of the box, but I could open it so I don't feel closed off and suffocated in it. And she began to process how she could do that in her real life. So Halo, good boy, kind of a pantomime. I love when the horses prove to people that they 100% understand what's being said, what's being looked at. A lot of times they're seeing it in the mind's eye of the person, how she was seeing it in her mind's eye. He saw it. He saw how uncomfortable she was and just opened the box up. And boy, they do that stuff all the time. And it's really, really fun to see and fun to see them participating but with a young horse like him, just learning this work, that's super special. Nice, really nice. super special. Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy with him. He's he's doing really well. And he gets along with all the other horses. He's pretty, pretty no contest, you know, horse. He's been really sweet all the way around. Time. 
Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So it is also golf season for you. You got a chance to play some golf? Yeah, I played golf. A couple times, but Thursday, last week, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I had a little bit of idle time and decided to go seek out a new driver. So, not a car driver, but a club, right? Yeah, I'm not a, a golfer. Club, a golf yeah. club. Okay, so, got it. You were talking about trauma. Yeah. You know, and then so there was some sort of trauma when I was trying out this damn golf uh-oh, club. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm smelling a story. What did you do? Yeah, so Where'd I... Where'd you uh, go? Where'd you go? It was like a PGA Superstore, and I went in and told the guy, there's probably a, like about six or eight of these little cubicle areas where you can hit balls into this... A screen that has a picture of a landscape. These are like inside the store or out on a driving range? Oh, inside the store, right? Wow. Wow. So I told him I want to try a driver, so he hooked me up with the driver and stuff. Yeah. And and then, you know, he walked away. And then is it kind of like the area where you start hitting? What's that called? Yeah, like a tee box. Like a tee box, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a horseman, not a golfer, but the tee box. Okay, so you're you're on your tee box, you're hitting toward a screen. Yeah, and then you hit the screen and then... There's like these uh, computer things that sort of tell you how far you hit the ball. and Because it's how hard it hits the screen or, I, I, or something? Yeah, something okay. like all that. Right. It tra- sounds like fun. Tra- trajectory and all I'll that I'll go do stuff. it. I'll go do it. Yeah. So then I started hitting a couple of, you know, good shots, you know, and I'm like, well, I sort of like this club. Well, then I He walks up, away. Well, yeah, he's he's gone, but he's attending to some other... Oh, okay. Yeah, to some other... Little, purchasers purchasing little people. little cubicles because there's a lot of people hitting clubs in is there. it kind of like top golf kind of like how top golf is sort of ish but you're not hitting the ball out into midair okay okay gotcha yeah. i can picture it now so the guy walks away and i'm hitting the ball and i'm like oh pretty good pretty good pretty good and then i hit one like I missed the screen and it goes like up in the rafters and it's oh like, no it's like rattling around like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like a pachinko machine. Yeah. It's bouncing off, off the rafters. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, and then Lord. I'm like looking around because it almost came out of the little cubicle area and went out. And oh, no. Into the, into the store. You're going to get kicked out. <laughs> you are going to get kicked out of the golf store. You can feel it coming. So then I was like, well, that's sort of an accident. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay. All you got lucky. Yeah. You yeah. got lucky. Yeah. So then I'm hitting some more, hitting some more. Well, then I hit another one up into the rafters. <laughs> another Pachinko machine. Did they yeah. kick you out? No. Uh, I looked around. Nobody saw, you know. I was fortunate. So I just, like, put the club down and, like, 
sort of snuck out. Oh, you slinked <laughs> out. Oh, my God. That's bad. That's bad. So the guy comes back. Where is that guy? Yeah. Oh, no. Do the balls come back out of the rafters or they just live up there? No, they uh, bounce yeah, back they eventually. They bounce back to the oh ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. You're not allowed in that store anymore. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. I may go back. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Do you remember the old Cabela's stores when you could fly fish in the store? They had the stream running oh, yeah, through the yeah. store. It's sort of like that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That was so fun. And so fun to even watch people that have that river, that stream inside the store. And you could fly fish and try all but your I, stuff I, out. I would be the guy fly fishing and getting... And hooking some ladies. <laughs> yeah, I got hooking, it. Hooking some ladies' wig off her head. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, you would like that. That would that would be humorous for you. Oh, my gosh. The things you go do when I'm not around. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, while you were doing that, I'm pretty sure I was entertaining Horse and Rider. So I want to do a big shout out to Equine Network, Benji Lemon, and the Horse and Rider Company. You know, I have a really great association with them last year and had a great experience with them last year with eight different articles on my company and on what I do and some podcasts and the podcast went really, really well. So this year he came back to me and we talked about what could happen in 2024 and the rest of 23. And I'm really honored to say that they had me do 12 videos. They're going to be short, like about, I don't know, under two minutes or two minutes in length kind of thing. They'll show up on Instagram and Reels and all the hot social media stuff that they do. And each one of them, we did all 12 in one day. I'll tell you the behind the scenes truth. We did 12 in one day, which is a lot. It's exhausting. And with changes of outfits and changes of horses and changes of locations here on the ranch. And um, it was a great experience. Wonderful videography and producers and everybody that was there. And so big shout out and thank you to them. And I'm very happy to be affiliated and associated with them. I think they start rolling out in September or October, but I'll make sure all our podcast listeners are aware of that when it starts happening. I haven't seen them. I'm feeling a little shy about it, but they didn't do a retake all day. Like everything I said they went, oh, that's good, and was done. So I hope they're right because I didn't do a retake all day. But my crew that was present just went, okay, they just point a microphone in your face, bring up a topic, and you yammer on it pretty well. So I'm, yeah. a, good, I'm a good yammerer. I know that's how you roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good yammerer for sure, for sure, for sure. So that was a great experience. And then last night we had a great experience. I want to thank you for doing our annual barbecue here at the ranch. Thank yeah, you. Or possibly weekly barbecue. Well, yeah. in the summer, we're yeah. a little bit. But this is the only one we invite everybody to. Yeah. So we had a really nice turnout. You knocked yourself out. Did a good job. Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah. So you went to Costco, you know, you got all the stuff and everything, yeah. but you always do a nice job, put everything out. We had, you know, the lettuce and the tomatoes and the onions and the buns and the nice burgers on the grill. And you did some brats too and had all of that. So we have this grill that I actually bought before I knew you. I was in Arizona and it was a steakhouse that had this incredibly cool grill. It's very, very, very heavy and it's very, very, very big. And it was a commercial steakhouse grill. It has little horses on it and wheels that go up and down. It's a very, very cool grill. And we've had it now, I've had it in my life for 
probably 25 years and it's been used quite a bit on my Arizona ranch. We've moved it up here, used it on our Boulder ranch and then moved it here. So it's been moved around a lot. The thing is super heavy. It's like weighs like a tractor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, really yeah. super heavy. And so last night he's barbecuing along and he gets the, before everybody got there, a few people were there. He got the shovel out to stir the coals. He starts stirring the coals and I see all this dirt fall on the ground. And I'm like, uh, quit stirring real quick and look under the grill. So it's just over the years, it's just rusted and burnt through, right? Yeah. yeah burnt yeah. all the way through. We can so that. you can repair yeah. that. You're good at that stuff. So what will you have to do? Weld another plate on it or something? Uh, we'll figure it out. What's it made out of that metal? Just steel. St- just steel. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So anyway, yeah. he'll figure it out and he'll fix it but but then everything's underway so there was no switching to the other side of it because it would have taken forever to get everything ready to go all the wood to burn and everything so we made it through the barbecue you know yeah. not not pushing hard you know and just trying to not push hard on hey, that for we'll, sure we'll be ready for the next one i will be ready for the next one it was so fun to see everybody and Rissa came out. I've, I've done the uh, interview with Rissa. She's the one that rides her bike all around the world and stuff. She's a phenomenal assistant to me. And uh, she came down for it and did some what are called lucky locks and all the women's hair, these fun sparkly things in our hair. And we um, had a great time and saw some of our graduates that we don't get to see very often come out with their spouses had a lot of guys there. It was pretty nice. Was had, a lo- had a lot of yeah. the spouses of people and our fellow guy students as well. So it was, it was just fun, really fun to do it. And I hope everybody this summer is getting a chance to do some barbecues and such. Although all we hear is how hot it is everywhere else. So some of you are doing barbecues, even when you don't want to be doing a barbecue, right? Just in your car and everything else. So wherever you are, keep your horses cool. I grew up in Arizona. I have been very used to high, high heat around horses. All my horses were in Arizona in the heat for many years till I moved to Colorado. Yeah, I remember and you had all the fans in the state. Yeah, right we, we yeah. did everything. We had misters, we had fans. We would put fans on each individual stall so they could stand in front of it. Two things for those of you who may be new to heat and horses. One is to make sure your horse is not anhydrous, which means they can't sweat. That is a really dangerous thing for a horse. So if you notice the horses in the stalls next to yours are all sweating profusely and yours is not, that is a veterinary call to say my horse might be anhydrous. And these are things the rest of the country didn't really deal with a whole lot, you know, like we did down in Arizona and Texas and Florida and such. But now the whole country's even Portland with these 110 degree heat. And the other is that a barefoot horse on hot ground that's doesn't is not covered with grass like dirt can actually run into all kinds of problems with their hooves. They can run into all kinds of problems from the heat coming up inside the hoof if they're barefoot. So if you have a horse standing on bare ground and it's extremely hot night and day, that's the key. Many times in our ranch in Cave Creek, Arizona, it would not go under 100 degrees even at midnight. Like it stayed above 100 24 hours a day. And that's when that dirt just bakes. And then they stand on that and it goes up inside and it can rotate that coffin bone and founder a horse with a heat founder. So just some things to be aware of to make sure your horses have shade and make sure that they, you know, are okay in there. And of course, feeding electrolytes in the summer is always a good thing too. 
when we were campaigning and hauling horses across the country in the heat of the summer, we would use Gatorade mix. And if you're going to haul a horse with Gatorade, you need to put the Gatorade in their everyday water at home so they get used to the flavor. And then you can add the electrolyte Gatorades at the shows and they'll drink more water and stay more electrolyte balanced. So it's all the things you learn when you grow up in a desert and a really hot area. And I am so glad in 1994 that I moved to Colorado where it's appreciably cooler. We've had the blessings of the best weather in the country, I think, this year. So every year it's different. This year we are the blessed. I want to thank Hope Through Horses. We're really happy. We had the head of Hope Through Horses, Kelly Lamphere, out here uh, with her partner, Lisa, last night for our barbecue, which was fun. They are so much fun. We just laugh and laugh and laugh. And if you don't know about Hope Through Horses, please go to their website and check them out. They do a lot to support us. They do a lot to support our students. They do a lot to support our graduates and to even subsidize, in some cases, clients to be able to do and see and afford the work. So we're very grateful to them. They're a partial sponsor of our podcast here at Touched by a Horse. Thank you all. And we're trying to keep up with these podcasts and work at the same time. So every once in a while, we do a rerun in the summertime, but we're really appreciative of all of you that are listening. And as always, you can find a practitioner on our site. We have tons of good things to purchase to learn more about the work, like our anthology books, which you can purchase through our office or on our site. If you have questions or comments or anything about this podcast, you can email directly to me and it is M-E-L-I-S-A, just one S, M-E-L-I-S-A at touchedbyahorse.com. Thanks for doing this with me, baby. Yeah, your little sparkles in your hair look nice. Those are my lucky locks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're my lucky locks. I'm pretty lucky just to be with you. Yeah. So all happy. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Please See you next time. Love the people you're with. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.